1: Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Her
2: Cousins back to throw on fourth and 18. He's given time. He wants Jefferson. Claims the ladder. Oh, my goodness. Justin Jefferson pulled it in. The catch of his life. It's still unbelievable seeing it. It's still crazy to see. We're going to go back for y'all. Hold on. Jets over there somewhere, uh. Oh my god, um, unbelievable dog, unbelievable. Best catch of the year, best player of the year. You can't tell me no catch is better than this one. I'll argue with you. Look at that. Uh hit the ground. Ball is still in my hand.
1: Jets over there somewhere. Oh, yeah. You know, we should we should do that with some of Judd's best takes throughout the year. Just <laughs> oh. we go back. <laughs> AJ, can you maybe spend some time just going back, grab some of Judd's best takes, and then we can have Judd just sit there and marvel at how great his takes were. Look at that take, best
0: take of the year. He goes third uh, person, No one
1: had a better take than that. Wow, look at that. He goes
2: third person. That's what I love the most. Jets (laughs) over there somewhere. There's Jets. (laughs) Jets out there somewhere. Jugs, Jugs.
1: Look at Jugs. Jugs. Jugs Look at Jugs. Unbelievable. Mackie finishing his take. Jugs about to drop one in here. Unbelievable Jugs.
2: Jugs. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You know what? Deep in the recesses of Jet's brain, I would love to know how, how much fourth and eight
1: against the Giants was knocking around. Oh, classic! You got to make that clip about Kurt. You, look at it, uh, wow. I know. I look at anything. the mental the mental gymnastics say, needed to turn no. to turn that into a Kurt. Cousins I You riff know fest.
2: what? I wasn't talking about myself. I'm talking about Jet. I mean, Jets thinking for Jet.
1: What were the pre show odds on us playing a Justin Jefferson clip and then Judd in the first two minutes ripping Kirk Cousins somehow? Was also, that that not, throw, throw sailed a little bit. I just want to say. Was right? that
2: not a throw? <laughs> was that not? That is one of the top five plays of the entire 2022 National Football League season,
1: right? It was a great throw, too. I want to make that clear. I was just kidding. The ball didn't sail. Actually, it was Kirk perfectly criticized, placed.
2: Kirk criticized himself, said that throw could have been better.
1: Really? Okay.
2: Yes. At the time, he's like, I could have made a better throw there.
1: I'm excited for uh, for the Netflix series just to see that type of candor while Kirk cuts into a well-done Salisbury steak inside of his <laughs> uh, his home, his, hanging his plaid shirts up out of the laundry. Uh, this is Purple Daily, by the way, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Um, and the show is presented by our friends, now an official partner of the NFL, by the way, TCL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. And before we get to feedback Friday here, uh, and some of you probably will be listening to this episode after our Friday purple daily town hall finishes up, but we are going to be at the choice bank, Minnesota golf show today, Friday, as we record this at two o'clock for an hour or two, we'll be on the microphones, just hanging out, uh, Drinking a couple beverages, my guess is, inside Minneapolis Convention Center Hall B. So today at 2 o'clock and Saturday at 2 o'clock at the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Tickets are just $12. You get all sorts of goodies with your ticket, including a bunch of free rounds of golf. MinnesotaGolfShow.com. You can also walk up and get tickets. So, um, But MinnesotaGolfShow.com. Check it out. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if, if five people are going to show up and hang out with us, and they're all just going to be golfing, or if. But um, we'll be slinging some takes, and if you want to take Judd on in, in, in a, a rousing episode of Random Viking of the Week, I have one prepared for the live Oh, nice. Show. Let's do it. I so love that, yeah. Step on up and yep. issue your challenge. All right, Feedback Friday. You can always submit throughout the week questions, comments, concerns, critiques, whatever you want. Um, to the Score North app, there's a feedback tab in there. We're also monitoring YouTube comments, Twitter. This is from Prashant. Potential free agent targets at wide receiver that could slot in as a decent number two if the Vikings, let's say they, I think the only way they would do this is if they move on from Thielen. I don't know that they would pay Justin Jefferson with that money coming up in a couple years. Sure. And have Thielen and KJ Osborne, they'd have to probably have an opening in there, but that's a realistic possibility. So he throws out these names, Robbie Anderson, Corey Davis, row the boat, DJ Chark. Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard. Do any of those five? I'm putting you guys on the spot a little bit here because you haven't done research on this, but do any of those five receivers, just off the top of your head, strike you, move you in any way? I feel like
2: there's an issue with what they're going to get paid, probably. So, like, yeah. that's, I, I guess, my starting question is. What are we talking about contractually?
1: So Jacoby Myers, according to PFF, who is he is the top receiver on the market, even ahead of OBJ. OBJ is coming off like injuries old.
2: I'm good on that one now.
1: Yeah. Jacoby Myers. Yeah. Fifteen to twenty million dollars projected average annual value. Uh, So I think the Vikings are they're not swimming in that pool. DJ Chark is interesting. He's 26 years old. He's six foot four deep threat. In fact, the last four years, he has 33 catches of 20 yards or more, and that's in limited targets. He's not like a number one targeted receiver guy. He's projected to sign a contract, a multi-year deal, for $12 million a year, according to PFF, which is still a lot, but more reasonable, and a guy that, if he's healthy, could pretty easily step in and stretch the field across from Justin Jefferson.
2: Yes, that one intrigues me, for sure, Um, because I do think that at the end of the day, when you get – a two to jefferson and by the way to be very clear it is a number two so it is not a one a one b the digs the feeling days are long gone okay so it's not like oh jefferson's gonna have a guy who's gonna be just like him statistically no jefferson's very very special uh but a guy like chark to what you just said phil would stretch the field which i am big on i think that you need somebody who is a threat to take the top off defense because that allows jefferson to freelance more um And it means that if you are going to shut down Jefferson, you're going to pay a big price. Like, if you go back, one of the fatal flaws, unfortunately, for the 2022 Vikings, and I don't know if we want to say it's because Thielen was hurt, he was old, combination of things probably, but who stretched the field? Like, who was the threat to stretch the field? Now, Mm -hmm. TJ Hawkinson stepped in and played the Thielen role really, really well. But he he's not a stretch-the-field guy. He is a guy who opens up more room in the intermediate area. So I think that the most important thing that you could do is find somebody who is a deep threat, and now it's like almost a pick-your-poison. Because that's the one thing. I don't think the, the Vikings offense and O'Connell in his play calling had that trick in his bag. And ultimately, against good teams, I think it cost you.
1: Here's a crazy thing. And I don't have like the comparative to the rest of the league, so I, I wish I did, but anecdotally this just seems like a problem that needs to be fixed. So last season, the Vikings didn't have a ton of explosive plays relative to the league. I think they they got better at it later in the season, but it, it was a problem. like they were their passing game for the first half of the year, especially was a lot of short intermediate stuff and sometimes Justin Jefferson down the field. So last year, this is receptions of 20 or more yards in the air. So not necessarily explosive plays that go 20-plus yards. These are deep passes that travel 20 yards or more in the air. Justin Jefferson had 17 catches. So yeah, he averaged one per game. And he also had a bunch of other ones that went for 20-plus yards that he caught intermediate and just yacked his way to a 20-yard game. So 17. Adam Thielen had five. K.J. Osborne had four all year. Jalen Rager had the one. It was that 38-yard <laughs> catch in early December. And that was so. Kirk,
2: because Kirk just heaved that, that ball. I think Kirk got, got hit smart, hard, right? Yes. I think it was against the Giants,
1: yes. Yep, and Jalen Rager was kind of breaking wide open. And then uh, Jalen Naylor had two of them in garbage time. So yeah. if you want to well, count those two. Yep. They don't. Ha- I mean, again, DJ Chark is a guy that has had 33 receptions of 20-plus yards or more in the air over the last four years, and he has not had nearly the, the target count that, uh, let's say Adam Thielen has had. So if you can find someone, here's another name though for you that a few different emailers pointed out. Mm-hmm. He is, I believe he's a free agent, or he's, he's either a free agent or he's about to be. Um, Robert Woods just got released. Okay. So he can actually sign now. Yeah. Because if you get released, you can sign before the, the league year. Yes. So Robert Woods spent five years in Los Angeles after spending a handful of years in Buffalo to start his career. In that Sean McVay offense, Kevin O'Connell he won a Super Bowl with the Rams in 2021, although he got injured halfway through the year, and then OBJ kind of took over the snap counts. But Robert Woods, a really good intermediate possession receiver at age 30, 31, was with Tennessee last year. And this is something that I think it's kind of boring, and it's not, it's not the flashiest reason to sign someone. He is still one of the best run-blocking wide receivers in the NFL. Which is an area that Adam Thielen's game suffered in last year's. Two years younger than Thielen, so if you're looking for like a better version of what Thielen is now and a younger version, not a guy that would stretch the field necessarily, right? But a good professional wide receiver, you could do a lot worse than Robert Woods. Your thoughts? So, I feel like he's a guy that if if you had decided that Osborne
2: was not the guy, I feel like he would slot into the three. But I feel like if if Osborne's still on the team. I don't know where, where Woods would play because at his age, I don't he doesn't strike me as, as the two that you're trying to find. So I think, and I don't know this. I think that's very much that portion of the conversation depends on how O'Connell and Quasey feel about KJ Osborne, which I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I yeah. you know, I went into I came out of training camp last year because. KJ in his second year had been pretty damn effective and I came out of training camp thinking that this kid would play a, a significant role but yet when Thielen didn't play the role that I expected it's not like KJ absorbed all that time so if you have decided that KJ Osborne is not the guy Woods intrigues me but I don't see Woods as being the guy that you signed to replace Thielen because I think it's basically a little bit better but still an aging Thielen Um, The other question that I've got is is this, and this is, again, a total unknown because we clearly didn't see him practice, but there are interesting attributes. Naylor. And I'm not saying I'm putting all my eggs in that basket, but I am saying I think that there's an interesting discussion there internally uh, because he's got the speed. Mm -hmm. He, He was known in the Big Ten, which is not a bad conference, for being able to stretch the field consistently. Like he does... His, his college resume provides a lot of the things that you're trying to find. And so, like, he's another part of that 2022 draft class that I think is has not been explored yet and could at least be interesting. Don't know for sure.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. It's hard to go into the season. All right, Jalen Naylor is going to be one of your exactly. s- three starting wide receivers in, in 11 personnel. But would it be interesting to see him as the fourth wide receiver when a guy's injured and he becomes the third wide receiver? i I think you'd want to see more in training camp and, and preseason just to get a real feel, but yeah, you know, you know they, I would be a little surprised that they spent ten plus million dollars on a number two wide receiver only because the dominoes that would have to fall, they would have to get rid of Thielen first, and then they would probably have to address other positions like cornerback with free agency money. Yeah. So but there are some interesting options out there. All right, Tim Hoover chimes in here. We have some comments here about uh, the episode we did yesterday. A lot of positive reviews on our episode yesterday where we just did the whole Vikings offseason until my computer crapped out and I panicked-drafted Aiden O'Connell, forgetting that we drafted C.J. Stroud. I didn't know CJ what you were doing Stroud. there,
2: but uh, I, I thought you were just trying to add quarterbacks. Well,
1: I couldn't see. Like, my entire screen went black, so I couldn't see you guys and I couldn't see what oh. we had done, and then I forgot that we drafted C.J. Stroud, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a, kind of a train wreck. End. I don't think it's you're gonna make fitting. it. I People don't think like, you're gonna make it. Yeah, you guys have shown why you're never gonna be NFL GMs. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday was, if there was ever any doubt, yesterday yeah. was the final. Don't forget. Throw some dissension too.
0: <laughs> well, it, it, it's great yeah. because that's the one moment that everybody's gonna remember. Not the forty-five other minutes of crunching the numbers <laughs> and making the tough cuts and getting at each, other, each other's throats. <laughs> Do you want an inside or outside linebacker? It's gonna be. Yeah, he 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 toes two quarterbacks. He chose well, a quarterback. But, after,
1: hey, yeah. mm. Washington drafted RG3 and then and Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Yep. Mm. RG3, mostly because of injuries, became kind of a bust. And then Kirk Cousins became their franchise quarterback. So yep. maybe we were on to something. That Washington's draft, always had the blueprint for great
2: franchise success. That draft showed your hate for Kirk. That's all it did. You're drafting,
1: he, he hates him so bad he's going to draft two quarterbacks. You just keep drafting quarterbacks.
2: <laughs> and I'm taking another one in the sixth round. <laughs>
1: So Tim Hoover says, "Resign Bradbury after one average year? No, 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 no. That's like re-signing Cousins year after year, settling for mediocrity. Let Bradbury go, draft the center of the future, and move on. This will help Ingram more than anything. Stop being a Bradbury booster. Just like uh, <laughs> Cousins Crusaders, there's Bradbury boosters. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to die. It was part of our exercise yesterday. We're looking at all these things the Vikings have to fill. The Vikings have the third worst cap situation in the NFL right now, and they have one draft pick in the first 87 picks. So, like, they have three open cornerback spots, Then there's some internal guys they can step in. They're going to probably cut some starting players from defense. Um, I think for us it was path of least resistance. Okay, there's like three viable centers in free agency you're probably not drafting a center in the first round as much as people want John Michael Schmitz. I, I just don't know that Quasey's going to draft a If you have one pick, and maybe he finds other picks, but like it's probably not on a center. So for us, it was kind of, all right, he played well enough last year. We'll but, see, but I don't know about you. I'm not dying on that hill by any means. The difference between the uh, the Bradbury Boosters and
2: the Cousins Crusaders is this. Cousins is paid a ton. We, we both said we will pay Bradbury probably below what he's going to get.
1: It was like a six and a half million dollars. Yes. So he's yeah. probably
2: going to walk. So we, but we never said retain him at, at all cost. We said if he'll play ball with us, like we drove, we basically got into massive brawls with with uh, representatives of players because we basically were trying to cut guys' yeah. salaries across the board. So if Bradbury, if you can get Bradbury at a reasonable price on like a three year contract, I'll do that. Yeah, what I'm saying is. If the Houston Texans come along and say we're going to give you this or that, I'm like Garrett. It's been fun, thanks. Actually, it has not been fun, but you had one good year.
1: Also, you know, again, when you when you have elected to pay a quarterback seventeen, sixteen, seventeen <laughs> percent of your salary cap, it'll be the cap's going up. We'll see where it winds up. Maybe it winds up falling in like the twelve to fifteen percent range. But you're not going to have Pro Bowlers at every position. So if you can get if you can get by with a Garrett Bradbury at center, but the problem is. And this actually this leads into the next question. Okay, Boyd uh, Boyd Schernbeck via YouTube says you absolutely didn't address our awful offensive line in your off season episode yesterday. Ed Ingram, Garrett Bradbury, Ezra Cleveland, being the three main culprits here. Okay, and he's right. Like we didn't we didn't draft any offensive linemen that I remember. Uh, maybe could have not drafted the second quarterback and picked a guard instead. Uh, we didn't sign any offensive linemen in free agency. And so I will agree that was there a case to be made instead of, you know, paying for a linebacker, but again, the like we cut Kendricks and Hicks. The only starting linebacker that we have as we ran this thing yesterday is Brian Osamoa. And we don't know if Brian Osamoa is good. So no matter what here, okay, well then go sign a linebacker in free agency. Well, now you're banking on Ed Ingram. You can make a very strong case. There's like five or six viable guards. You could go spend $10 million on a guard and say, all right, Ed Ingram, sorry, guy. You're going to be a backup until you figure it out. We're going to put an actual professional 26-year-old in here and uh, fix your right guard situation. But now you've taken some of your limited free agency money away from potentially other positions that you need.
2: Yeah, we said, specifically from my end, my whole thing is I think you need to sign a veteran cornerback. I think that's where you need to pay. That, that to me, is the most important thing. Wide receivers, I think that, that you can draft them and cultivate them and find them. Um, linebackers and three-fours inside, I think you can, too, which is where, where I think we fundamentally disagreed on that topic. But I'm not – look, I disagree with people. I don't think Ezra Cleveland is a train wreck. I don't think he's terrible. It's pretty he's pretty bad in pass, pro. He's not great. <laughs> but, I mean, there's still – there is room to improve for for him. And if you're gonna call this line awful, then and I don't mean this as an insult, you must have started to watch the Vikings last year because I'll show you awful. Yeah. I'll show you 2020 and 21. Um The Ingram thing to me is really intriguing because they
1: started him every single game. He played more snaps than any offensive player. I don't on the see
2: team. guys, I don't see them backing off there. I agree. Like I don't think you start a guy that you drafted in the second round. Who, is, who started off awful and actually did show some gradual improvements, mm-hmm. I don't think you now go into, I don't think you get done watch film and say, he's done. Um, The center does concern me because I don't know. Uh, and if Bradbury does get paid, as we just talked about, I'm not going to pay him. Uh, but I think your guards are coming back, guys. I think your guards are coming back. And again, I am a lot more concerned about corner right now than I
1: am guards. Could you see them? Let me ask you this. All right, I don't know what the trade value would be, but isn't Ezra Cleveland going into the last year of his contract?
2: When was pretty he sure he
1: is right. He let me pull him up here. I think that that was it. Would his have been four year contract. Year. So yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Let me just verify before I spit my take here. <laughs> I think you're right, Phil. So if this is indeed the last year of his contract, then is a trade possible? could they decide we're probably not going to extend him because we're already going to have to, we're paying O'Neal we're we're going to have to pay Christian Derrissaw, Justin Jefferson, not that Ezra Cleveland would break the bank or anything, but he's not great in pass protection. Excellent as a run blocker. Yep. Is there a team that would give you, excuse me, a fourth round pick for a, a rock solid left guard. And then you go and then you, you know, you sign one in free agency. That's, I'm just I'm just throwing some stuff out right. there. Like if you decided, hey, we're gonna we're not gonna sign him, so let's get something for him going into the last year of his contract. I hear you. That's a guy that we haven't talked about as a trade candidate, but I could see it. Yeah, I just wonder how
2: much of a I guess internally I wonder how much of a a red flag they put on both guards because they drafted Ingram. He's their guy. They played him every snap basically, right? So. I just don't I don't know that they perceive the guard problem as big as we do, or I I shouldn't say that as big as some do.
1: Let's keep rocking here on Feedback Friday presented, by the way, by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Speaking of offensive lines, it's like having a great offensive line, protecting your business, looking out on the horizon for uh, potential risks that you may need to navigate in, around or through. Federated's history is rich with innovative, committed people guided by a core set of principles and values that they apply to their work with your business. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Aram chimes in and says, Mackie, Mackie, you yourself did a multi-level PowerPoint presentation about the fate of defensive ends once they hit age 29. And then Brian Flores was hired, and he threw all of that out the window with Daniel Hunter. Why? So he's referencing, we did an episode like two weeks ago, And I kind of explained, if you look historically, especially the last 15 years or so, elite defensive ends stop playing at an elite level once they hit age 29. They can still stay in the league for a few years and be good players, but they're no longer like terrorizing quarterbacks in the way that you're used to. And Daniel Hunter is kind of right on that age line. He's got maybe like one more year left of elite play. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of laid out to you guys, this is a reason why if you can get a first-round pick or something for Daniil Hunter, you should consider it. And, yeah, Brian Flores came in, and yesterday we decided when we were redoing the Vikings roster that Zadarius, Daniil, you should probably keep one of them. I would say I'm open to a conversation. If somebody wants to give me a first or second-round pick for Daniil Hunter, my phone line's open if I'm crazy. But on the realistic side of things, I don't think you hire Brian Flores and then get rid of both of your top 10 edge rushers. And I don't think there's a world where you trade to and keep Zedarius at that number. Maybe there is. Um, so I think we were looking at it more from, okay, when we did that episode, Brian Flores wasn't hired yet, but now that he is, what might the Vikings be thinking? I don't think they're thinking we're going to run with a bunch of rookies in Brian Flores is first. They're going to have to play some rookies, but that's kind of where I'm coming from. I just think, it's unlikely they're going to say goodbye to both those guys in the next few months. And
2: on Hunter, you're, we're talking
1: about probably what in reality is a three-year
2: extension. So it might be five years, but it's three. And, yeah. and the thing about it is, yes, he might not be in a year or, or two health provided all world, but is he going to be an effective player? Yes. That's what I, I, I keep coming back to this. his, Underlying metrics, and hell, the the fact that he had 10.5 sacks as well, uh, for 2022 were super impressive for a guy who didn't really stand out and who I don't think was featured. Um, He also played a lot, which to me was impressive, because he's a guy who had basically missed the last two years, aside from what, six or seven games. So I just think as far as being a piece to the puzzle, I'm far more comfortable with Daniil Hunter Z- than Z- Darius Smith, mm-hmm. um, and I also think that the exercise was done with a little bit of a nod towards how the Vikings think as well. Like personally, I'd blow a ton of guys out, but that's me. I would have done
1: it a year ago. So like, we right. need to that's think how tough. if it like, was just Judge running the front office, yeah, they would they would have gotten full last Bears. Year. <laughs> I would have yeah. got
2: full Bears, but I go that's full bears, You go
1: full Bears, <laughs>
2: but but that's not them. And so like, I think that we need to be cognizant of sort of how they might prioritize which is why again i come back to this do they really think at tco performance center that they're screwed at guard my guess is no they don't
1: they so, need to de- they need to develop ezra or uh, uh ed ingram
2: yes that's their temple. that's he, their mindset. He was maybe
1: the worst of among like guards who played all season he might have been the worst in the nfl yes and NFL our center. guy alex boone has has diagrammed this for six months well six months i don't know when did the season start it's more mechanical things than it is, like, a, like with Bradbury. It's kind of a physical thing. He's just not his frame, and his, he gets pushed off the ball. He's forklifted continually, right. or, or he was. With Ingram, if and when that happens, it's more about sloppy mechanics, as yes. Boone has laid out time after time. And there is an open invite, and some people have asked, has Ed Ingram taken Boone up? Boone's running an offensive line camp for, for college kids looking to take the next step. Um, I I don't believe Ed Ingram has uh, taken Boone up on that, but I think our guy Alex could actually iron out some of those. I'm sure the Vikings coaches have tried too, and he's just it's just not clicking for him. But
2: I think he invited Bradbury as well at one point. I I think he had uh, reached out to to Bradbury and said, "Hey, guy, I I can help you," and didn't yeah. hear back. But you know what? The uh, so so the simplest tell all sign of Ingram's fundamental problems were when you trip your quarterback multiple times. <laughs> that's that that is not a fluke. Like that's he, not bad luck. He does luck. have
1: a tendency to to fly open a little too aggressively yes. as Booney would show. That's not dumb luck. It's just dumb. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackie and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcast, or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Mike T chimes in here. The best thing I heard Brian Flores say in his opening press conference was when he was asked, so, Brian, 4-3 or 3-4 on defense? Joe Schmidt? Joe Schmidt. His response was, who are we playing? Guys, we finally have a coach who works to the strength of his players and changes scheme with a game script a la Belichick. So sick and tired of coaches that have their kick-ass schemes that consistently fail. Yeah.
2: Yes. Now, now again... I I don't believe that we will have a repeat performance, but let me remind you all that Ed Donatel said all the right things as well. So a year ago at this time, I was very excited about how they might scheme things up and about how they were going to change. Right. So I'm just, I'm just saying I don't expect a repeat, um, but let's see it now
1: on game day. Let's see that. I think I, I I don't know. I Brian Flores has a much better track record of actually doing this in practice than Ed Donatel does. So I, I buy it. All right, Mike J. Judd has a feeling Kirk cannot win a Super Bowl. There is absolutely no evidence that Cousins cannot win a Super Bowl. Don't do this to yourself. High school and college championships do not predict NFL championships. Don't do this to yourself. This is completely irrational feelings. No, it's not. That is not grammatically correct.
2: That's not right, though. It's also of course
1: I- he can win a Super Bowl. Look who won Super Bowl, guys. Guys who could not even be NFL starters. Nick Foles, Jeff Hostetler, Doug Williams, no, Jim Plunkett, who won two Super Bowls. Don't do That's that also either. like 50 years ago. Trent Dilfer. As for the money, Kirk taking $10 million less will not make any difference to winning a Super Bowl. Mike J. Go I ahead. Feel like, I feel like all of
2: this has been addressed in previous... Like, if you go back through the history of Purple Daily, (laughs) I feel like it's all been addressed. I've seen Mike
1: commenting on some other. I think Mike has has also ingested those episodes and still feels strongly that you, specifically he's singling out you here, are wrong. So Mike, I guess I would ask you this. What that Kirk has done leads you to believe he can win a Super Bowl? I think if I could speak on behalf of Mike here, I think he's saying it's not Kirk's fault that he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. Okay. That it's I, everything you know, around him for ten years, the yeah. coaches, the schemes, oh, yeah. the defense, the offensive line, Everybody the lack else. of weapons. That no. it, it's everyone else's fault, always for eternity. That he's never have to... gone to the NFC Championship Game or won a Super Bowl.
2: Mike, I've got, I've got one thing to say, and I don't mean this derogatorily, but I'm trying to help you out. Bally um, Sports North, send send a letter and a resume. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you take that thought process to Bally's, because you know what I found out last night? The Wild does nothing wrong. The Wild does nothing wrong. It was all bounces that went against yeah. them.
1: You know, the th- the thing that actually Never triggers me the most about this comment, and there could there could be on any given day, there could be about seven things in this comment that, that trigger old Macadag. But the thing that triggers me the most is Mike J represents a, a group of people that irrationally Care more about Kirk Cousins, like justifying that he gets market value. You know this comment about how well taking ten million dollars less will not make any difference to winning a Super Bowl. Okay, so you well, let's. What could you get for ten million? You you could get a stud right guard for ten million dollars. You could get a really good twenty six year old cornerback for ten million dollars. You could get a second wide receiver that's not thirty two years old and washed up for ten million dollars. Well, maybe not ten, but. You could find some more money in the couch cushions. It's like, if your whole defense is, well, my quarterback makes market value, do you want your team to win a Super Bowl? Like the, these, I'm sure there's Ravens fans in the same way, right? Well, Lamar Jackson, he, all these proposals he keeps putting out, he wants the Deshaun Watson contract. Well, then he doesn't want to win a Super Bowl. Now, I get it with Lamar Jackson. He was a late first-round pick. So he didn't make the money that, like, a number one overall pick, a Baker Mayfield, would have made. When you're coming out of your rookie contract, this is your one chance in a violent sport, injury plagued, right, where you can get life-changing generational money. Mm -hmm. Coming out of your rookie contract, I get it. Play play hardball. When you're in your mid-30s, if you're still trying to strong-arm for every single possible penny, you don't care about winning a Super Bowl. So Kirk has a chance here not to prove anyone wrong, but he has a chance to sort of, like, change course. Do you care about your football legacy? Do you want to win a Super Bowl? Do you want to play in a Super Bowl? Do you want to play in an NFC Championship game for the first time in your career? Then go to the Vikings and say, all right, I'm not going to play on like, a minimum contract, okay? I still want to get paid because I think I'm one of the 15, I think I'm one of the 10 best in the world at what I do but I also want to win a Super Bowl, and I know that we have a lot of things that need to be fixed. Let's work together on this. If he does that, I will stand up on this show and give a 30-minute round of applause, but we'll see. He
2: thinks he did that last year
1: in restructuring that contract. He He had the third highest cap hit in the NFL last year. I'm going to
2: tell you right now, Kirk Cousins is convinced that that, that Kirk Cousins
1: can win a Super Bowl at Kirk's current rate. But then, but then what you're saying is, okay, front office, you need to now, which is, yeah. which is ridiculous because when he signed the initial contract, that front office and coaching staff had done a brilliant job putting together one of the best rosters in the NFL. When he yep. signed with the Vikings, yep. they had one of the best, they had the best defense. They had some of the best skill position players, Thielen, prime Diggs, prime cook, right? Kyle Rudolph in his prime offensive line, a little shaky, but it's not going to be perfect. And they missed the playoffs. They missed the playoffs. The last time that I was in
2: lockstep with Zimmer, but before things went sideways, was at the combine in 2018 when he said, basically, got up there and gave a plea: "Do not sign yeah. Kirk Cousins because if you do this, you're going to take our whole salary structure and screw it up." And to be very clear, if Lamar Jackson can get the Deshaun Watson contract, good for him. That's awesome. I'd, I'm not paying it. Yeah, you know that's the thing is at some point in time, it's not up to the player to draw the line for himself, it's up to the team to say, this is not a sustainable model to winning a championship.
1: We should actually, I think much to the chagrin of uh, of a chunk of our audience, we appreciate even the ones that sort of hate listen and think that we're just <laughs> bonkers when it comes to these quarterback conversations. We do appreciate you guys as well. Uh, we should actually flesh some of this out more, maybe on an episode next week. But I'll, I'll wrap this part of it by saying, he made $40 million in cash last year. $40 million in cash last year. His cap hit was the third highest in the NFL. He did the Vikings a favor by maybe taking a little less than if there were a three-team bidding war of desperate teams like the Jets if you were to hit free agency. But it's still not nearly enough of a discount. He's not Patrick Mahomes, yet he was right there with Patrick Mahomes in cap hit and the chiefs had to grind there. I mean, look how hard it was for the chiefs to get through the gauntlet well, with Patrick Mahomes. So g- what advantage do you have? Are you you're, I mean, you're going to put everyone wants to put it back on the front office. Well, go and go find some offense, go find some defense. Okay, well it would help if the quarterback at this point in his career would say, "All right, all right, all right. You know, I kind of owe you guys one. You guys brought me into a Super Bowl ready situation in 2018-19. I wasn't good enough then. I am better than I was then. I'm better in the fourth quarter." I'm five years further in my career. I've seen more. He, I think would anyone on this show, AJ, Joe, would you disagree? He is a better quarterback now than he was five years ago. I think he is.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Yeah. For so
1: if he was as good now as he was in 2018, like if he would have been this version in 2018, they might have actually had a chance to win the Super Bowl or like at least make a run in the playoffs instead of missing the playoffs. If I were him, I would say I kind of feel bad about what happened in 2018-19. Yeah. How about we uh how about we cut this thing in half Let's make a run at this thing what, I don't I don't need forty million in cash anymore uh why don't you give me about eighteen million in cash and let's make a run at a Super Bowl
2: the adult in the room
1: has to be one thing
2: it the Vikings this is where the, and this is why I get down on executive you've got to draw that line you've got to tell them what you just said I don't expect Kirk to the mm-hmm. ath- athletes for the most part are delusional it's what makes them great. So what you just said is a 1,000% right, and that has to come from Crazy, O'Connell, and Brzezinski. Yep. They're the ones who have to tell Kirk, here's what you're going to get. Again, this is why in the exercise yesterday, I was cutting salaries and players drastically.
1: Because yep. I don't care. I need you to do what I'm telling you to do. Dude, here's what's crazy. like I, I don't care here. about you that much. If I went on Twitter right now. I'm not going to do this because people are just going to get, it's just going to turn into a dumpster Tri- fire. And I want to enjoy my weekend and not you're look at my average people.
2: <laughs> no, you're going to trigger people. You know, you're going to do it. If you're going wanna... to get a couple of drinks at the golf show and you're going to tweet this. So just <laughs> you're quit, with, right. quit with this charade of, I'm not going to do this this weekend. Kirk's if I went on time. Twitter,
1: <laughs> if I said right now on Twitter, <laughs> Kirk Cousins needs to take a lot less money. If he cares about winning a Super Bowl. Oh, I would have thousands of people defending him and his ability to make more money. Like, people people are like, no, 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 no. He deserves $35, $40, 45000000 million. Then you don't care. As a fan, then you don't care about winning a Super Bowl. But the, well, but the Rams, I don't want to hear it. I don't. You can't point to the one out. And by the way, the Rams are barely an outlier because Matthew Stafford was a supremely talented quarterback that was number one overall, got stuck in a dumpster fire franchise. Funny, you put him with a competent franchise in his first year, and he wins a Super Bowl. Funny how that works. Didn't exactly happen here in 2018 when the Vikings tried to do it, right? Pull him from a dumpster fire franchise, bring him to a yeah, competitive franchise.
2: Yeah, completely backfired on it. So it's, you can't, like, but yeah. and even
1: and, and if I give you the Rams example, because like Matthew Stafford was kind of a B level quarterback, um, you can't use the one outlier to justify, no, let's continue paying extreme amounts of money for a non Patrick Mahomes. Non Joe Burrow quarterback to try for, to win a Super Bowl.
2: But we know for a fact that there are a ton of folks, and good for them, who are Kirk Cousins fans, and they don't care about the Vikings at at all. And you know, if Kirk Cousins signed with the St. Louis Battlehawks tomorrow, they'd become Battlehawks fans.
1: It's a closely <laughs> contested game last night. You guys, I watched about an hour and a half of that. XFL I was all in on
2: so. Wild Blue Jackets, as was Age. Okay, so yeah. there, there there was no hey, the flower XFL. little shout out.
1: Funny what happens when you, uh, you know, when you get sat down and watch the the backup goalie. Is, is he really the backup goalie at this point? The Gus bus? The other goalie, I guess. The other Perform yeah. well for three straight yeah. wins. It's also board. great to to play
2: a team that's totally crappy. But
1: yeah, that's another, true. that's for another show. We will talk wild on Mackie and Judd today.
0: Really quick uh, on the on the money thing for Kirk. My viewpoint, and I'm sure a lot of people feel this too, is like, I'm never going to be mad at a player, kind of what Judd said, for getting for getting paid. They have limited finite amount of playing days some more than others you know quarterback is probably one of the if you're good the longevity is there compared to like a running back but mm-hmm. you know it, it comes down to if he gets paid a wild amount of money and you think it really handicaps the team that much and puts you know they're tying an arm behind their back i get more upset with the front office for putting pen to paper yeah um because like, like, well, i understand the the viewpoint of he should want to Help the team win and be more of a team player and take that that discount to do so because, you know, team friendly discounts, hometown discounts, whatever you want to call it. They've been a thing for quite a long time, but agreeing to actually like that, you have to you have to draw a line at some point. You have to say we need we're not we're not friends in terms of I want to give you money because I like you a whole lot. I want to give you money, but I also need to give people that are going to benefit you and the team and help grow your legacy so that. Yeah, 30 years from now, they're talking about Kirk Cousins, Super Bowl champion, not Kirk Cousins. You know, he's one of the pundits who's on the Fox Sunday show talking about, you know, who's going to (laughs) win. Oh, I'd love
1: that. That would be I'd love to see pundit Kirk Cousins at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Paul Wade chimes in as CEO of the Kirk haters. You've mentioned several times the statistic about one player making over 13 percent of the cap uh, means that the team cannot win the big game. Patrick Mahomes broke that this week or this this uh, month. Mm-hmm. When the Vikings finally get out from under Kirk's contract, won't they be in the same boat when JJ signs an even bigger contract? That is a thing. Oh yeah, pa- paying Justin Jefferson that amount of money is a thing. and yes, it it does sort of beg the question, are you better off trading him at some point in the next couple of years for a haul of first and second round picks? versus paying him. I think it's impossible for anyone to imagine like not having Justin Jefferson around as a Viking. So if you could find that young rookie scale contract quarterback and you've and you've got some you hit on maybe some draft picks in the next couple years that are also on rookie scale contracts, you could you could ease the blow. But yeah, like that's but I'm I but he's the best. Like I'd rather if I'm going to pay top dollar, I want you to be the best at your position. Kirk is not, and that's the biggest difference.
2: Yeah, and we also have, have to see, and it could be very difficult to swallow, we also have to see the parameters of his contract and the ask, because the thing with Kirk is the guaranteed money on short-term deals, okay? Like, it's twofold. It's not just a salary cap hit, it's how these contracts are structured and, much to their credit, upon the insistence of Team Cousins. So, it, does Justin Jefferson say, I want Guaranteed money on a short term contract. Because if he does, it becomes a real problem. Yeah. If he says, I will sign the largest contract for a receiver, but let's get creative. And keep in mind, too, when Mahomes signed his extension a couple of years ago, they almost immediately reworked it and moved money. So, and I'm not saying that that's the perfect world, but that is the world where the player says, I want to win so badly that I'll look good. I know that financially but I'm also allowing you leeway. The Kirk Cousins contracts do not and have never allowed for that. Keep in mind, the first time he did the Vikings a favor in his mind was after last year, and that, again, was just with the short-term extension. Yeah. So, like, the structures, and this, this stuff gets inside baseball, it gets confusing as hell, but the structure of the Jefferson contract will be the most important thing, not the figure that you see on the day it's agreed to.
1: You know what's crazy about, like, the Mahomes? so Mahomes signed that, what was it? It was like a half a billion dollar contract or something just ridiculous. And the first year of it, they immediately converted a chunk of his, I can't remember if it was a chunk of his base or if it was a rot. They have, they've, they've lined it up so that, um, large chunks of his contract early on are roster bonuses that they can convert to signing bonuses and prorate that money throughout the length of the deal. And they did that, I think in 2021. But then last year, they just let so he had a seven million dollar cap hit in two thousand twenty-one. Last year, they let the thirty-six million cap number just sit there because they got rid of Tyree Kill. They said, All right, we're gonna swallow a huge cap number for two thousand twenty two, and they still won the Super Bowl. Yes. So like if they wanted to, this is gonna this is really inside baseball here, but if they wanted to, in two thousand twenty three, so he has a thirty four million dollar roster bonus. I don't know when it's due, but usually they're due sometime in like March or they'll split it. Some of it's due in March and then some of it's due in like September. My guess is it's due in March. They could take that $34 million roster bonus, spread it out throughout the length of the rest of the 10 year contract or whatever, and bring his what's going to be a $49 million cap hit back down to something reasonable because it's a flexible deal. And when you have, through 2031 to spread money around it makes it way easier and that's why it's almost like if you would have known now that the Vikings are going to spend 5 or 6 years with Kirk Cousins rather than both sides playing this dance every other year of like oh should we should we do another one year another two years they should have just done a 5 year deal or a 6 year deal to begin with and then they could have picked their spots a couple times to just like lower the hell out of his cap number but alas here we are i think he wanted that contract though
2: because it it then was all guaranteed. Yep. Like, which is which is why the whole thing of him now saying, I want to help here. Look, if Adam Thielen has not already come to the Vikings and said, for the love of God, cut my salary. I'm old. I can't really run. Yeah. I've been here my entire career. You've paid me really well. Give me $12 next season. If Adam Thielen, if his pride is such that he's saying, huh, I still get paid, right? Then how do you expect a guy from from Illinois and Michigan to come here
1: and say, I want to
2: help. Like this is again, this is a delusional business. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think that's all the time we have for this feedback Friday episode. Um, Well, we're actually going to do more feedback Friday. We're going to do some audio only episodes. Like we said, from the golf show at the Minneapolis convention center. So we'll take even, excuse me, more of your feedback, both in person and via email here throughout some audio only episodes Friday and Saturday. So, Lot coming at you guys. So and people then we... can't see
2: us from the golf show. What do you mean? Well, I mean, we're not gonna be our pretty
1: faces. Like, I've gone, well, I've done you, a you lot of work. You can see our faces if you're at the golf show. But True, but I mean, I'm not to make a camera production there. I go you're in and get to.
2: makeup every every day
0: now. Look, I mean, you see the blush. You're not putting no, in that work know. with Livia for nothing. That's exactly right, AJ thank you exactly
1: if you want to put your phone camera up or something maybe you can do that we'll just put some janky <laughs> just, some janky uh, I don't know what you would call it pirated footage or something on the YouTube channel we can do that uh, alright thanks to AJ for filling in for Declan throughout the week here we'll get you a, a we'll, we, we'll, we will get you a Saturday episode here a, a check down episode with actual cameras so you can find that on YouTube this weekend as well But uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Daily Vikings Entertainment, Purple Daily.